Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tassier of WrestleZone.com, joined by John Clark to talk about Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we were talking before the show started. I- I'm glad we got tonight's main event, because otherwise I would be sitting here uh, struggling to find a lot of nice things to say about tonight's show. But thankfully we had that, and there, there was plenty of stuff to-, to enjoy, but we'll talk about it. And before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone is available on any number of streaming, streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. Uh, chances are we've got you covered. So leave a like, subscribe. We appreciate your support. Uh, so, John, uh, the big kind of hook tonight was the fact that Bobby Lashley opened the show uh, issuing an open challenge. And throughout the night, we saw several people uh, say that they're going to accept it. So that led to some pretty fun misdirection. You know, it was unclear who would actually be accepting the open challenge. Damian Priest actually said he like, you know, he was pretty clearly said he, he would accept it. At least that, that's how what I uh, interpreted that as. Uh, so that was kind of interesting where, you know, he said he would and he didn't uh mason t-bar also said they would accept the open challenge they didn't uh sean benjamin also said he would he did not in the end it was kofi kingston kofi mania is alive and well here in the year 2021 man this is a this is a pleasant surprise uh shortly after kofi came out wwe uh, their like stats Twitter account uh, posted that you know Bobby Lashley debuted in 2005, Kofi in 2008, and these guys have never faced off one on one. So I think that was pretty fun uh, to get this match in the main event in a non-title match. Yes, but Kofi Kingston pick up the win. It wasn't a squeaky clean win. He had a lot of help from Drew McIntyre, but this is a fun match. I mean, I mean, this is a great way to really remind everybody. You know, Kofi Kingston is a main event player. I like this a lot. What do you think of this, John? Uh, so um. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum than you are. Uh, I did not like this at all. Uh, I thought this was not a big enough name. This was not a big enough surprise. This was like watching the Super Bowl and you don't know who the halftime show is going to be. And then it's halftime and then Nickelback comes out to do the show. <laughs> um uh, I, I, the, the match, like with Demetrius here said, Kofi at least made the match good. The match was good. I'm not going to knock the match or anything like that. Uh, but as far as the selection, uh, as most of these people in the comments, I myself was also on the train of, oh, I hope it's Keith Lee. Uh, we, we don't know his situation, but I was certainly hoping that it was Keith Lee. Um, uh, some other names I had in the back of my mind. I saw somehow, some way, Drew was still, still going to come out and confront him. I'm glad that that didn't happen, at least. Me too. Uh, but uh, with it not being Keith Lee, I was thinking, well, who could it be? I, I saw people coming that was going to be Lesnar. I was like, there's no way in hell Lesnar's coming back at, at this show. So, um, but for what it was, the match was okay. But uh, I'm, I'm, I wasn't really impressed with it being Kofi because I just feel like. Uh, I don't think this is going anywhere. I mean, I do think next week we're probably going to get, you know, Riddle, Orton, and Lashley against uh, New Day and McIntyre. Uh, but to me, it, it, to me, it's very clear that we're getting Drew and Bobby yet again at Hell in a Cell in a Hell in a Cell match. And if I'm not mistaken, like, weren't they like in a Hell in a Cell match like last year or something? Like, uh, maybe it wasn't them, but they were in a match at some point, like this time. Well, when I say this time, I mean around the Hell in a Cell time, which would have been October. But you get my point. Yeah, this has been going on for way too long. And I said this, I said this in December, and it's literally going to be a complete half year later after Drew himself said, "I don't really need to be in the title picture anymore," <laughs> and he's still in the title picture. So, 
you know, nevertheless, he wasn't, he technically didn't lose, like he said. Uh, I, I, I kept him at number four in my WrestleZone Universal rankings this week. Uh, he was four last week, even though we lost, technically lost, technically didn't lose. He, I still have him at number four, and I still have Lashley at number two. So they both kept their spots this week. So I do have them as the top two male stars on Raw. So, it, I mean, it does make sense for them to be in the same match. But as far as Kofi, I, was, I wasn't digging that. Um, but uh, you were, so. Yeah, moving to Easter on, right? I think that's fair. And I see what you're saying, where, you know, it could have been someone bigger in, in the terms of star power based on what we've been seeing lately. I mean, Kofi has been in, in the tag division and he hasn't been doing it's not like he's been on, on this big winning streak or he's been really presented like this, you know, legitimate player or anything like, no, I, I get that. And that's kind of uh, in a similar vein. That's what Sean Acoff is saying that raw needs more made event baby faces. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of why I thought for a second that Damian priest might actually accept that open challenge. You know, there was at least one report floating around that a priest would be getting uh, perhaps a little bit more of the rub here in the, in the, if not the main event scene, at least kind of climbing that ladder there uh, in, uh, in raw. Uh, and, that could very well still happen, but uh, tonight was Kofi Kingston's night, and it very well might be this kind of short-term thing. But to me, that's one surprise, especially when, like, like you just said, you know, we've we've been uh, kind of embroiled in this Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre story for a long while now, uh, and and I fully assume we are going to get that Hell in a Cell match next month between the two to fully, uh, hopefully, end that feud once and for all. Uh, but I, th I thought this was a pleasant departure. Why, John, shaking your head? What? Why? No, I because I'm I'm. It was a relief of that in one month, yeah. this is over. I mean, this is like the COVID pandemic. You're like, when is it going to end? And to, to me, it's it's like, but I mean, in all honesty, this has been just, we, we thought, you know, at one point we thought maybe Royal Rumble time of the year, that would be the end of it. And that would go on to be somebody else against Lashley or maybe Lesnar or whoever. And then WrestleMania comes around like, okay, this is definitely it. This is definitely the end. But then Bobby wins, and you're like, okay, now what? And then it's WrestleMania Backlash, and you're like, okay, this is really the end. And now it's like, well, now. I mean, so it's almost like I don't want to get my hopes up by saying Hell in a Cell is the end, because uh, to me, there's a reason that they, they, they have reasoning for their decision. And for mm -hmm. them to take Hell in a Cell from October... And now move Hell in a Cell to be in June this year, other than the fact that Michael Cole said summer was going to be hot as hell, which I get the thing there. But uh, <laughs> there, there's a reason I think they're doing this. And I, I do think the reason is more on the SmackDown side of things with the Roman thing, being yeah. that that was more relevant in Hell in a Cell last year. Correct. But uh, this is probably going to, because there's usually two Hell in a Cell matches in Hell in a At Cell. Least. Yeah, and this will be the raw one, uh, I assume to be. Uh, but how they do this because there's four more raws after tonight, yet before the show, how they kind of build that will be interesting because uh, they're going to use these multi man three on three tag matches, you know, like Nisha Kirsch is saying, like DJ uh, Cassier was saying, like Stephen Chambers is saying, all three of them saying they are sick and tired of Drew versus Bobby, and I'm the fourth one that said it so. Or, I mean, I think you're sick of it too, so you're number yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm certainly ready to move on from it, you know, the because it has been months now. Uh, and yeah, we even, you know, brought Braun Strowman into it and kind of freshened it up a little bit. The title match was great last night. I really enjoyed the pay-per-view. Uh, but I, I yeah, yet even, you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I kind of felt like, okay, we're, we're still going to get 
more of this Bobby Mac, uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre thing. So, you know. And I uh, think they'll have a good match at Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's not that I'm, I'm not that they're going to have a good match. It's just that I'm tired of seeing it. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's pretty much pretty true of most of Raw's storylines at this point. I mean, tonight we finally, 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 finally wrapped up Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Miz was nowhere to be seen. He was eaten by zombies last night, but... Uh, Damian Priest beat John Morrison tonight in a standard lumberjack matches, uh, st- standard lumberjack match, no lumberjacks, uh, no, no zombie lumberjacks, I should say. It's a regular good old lumberjack match. Uh, Priest picked up the win, uh, that would put this to bed. Mag- uh, Morrison looked good, and uh, you know, I kind of hope that you know, he'll be going on to be like I, I've been saying for weeks, you know, Damian Priest needs to go on bigger and better things. Morrison does too, like we've talked about it before. I think it's very much time to split Ms. Morrison up. You know, give give Morrison a little bit of uh, something different here, um, but I, I'm just so glad that we're done with this. Like Priest literally said, Miz and Morrison are in the past, so we're moving on to something else. Johnny and I have talked about it before, um, where he could challenge for the U.S. title. We saw a couple comments earlier that uh, some people think he could be good with um, uh, with Bobby Lashley potentially at some point. Uh, I thought it would have been a little soon tonight to have him face Bobby Lashley if he did accept the open challenge. That didn't happen, but it did look like that might, that was one potential direction there. Uh, and kind of in a similar vein, we're getting some support saying uh, maybe give John Morrison uh, a push in the, in the U.S. title scene. You know, put him put, put him up against Sheamus, a guy he's got tons of history with, and that could be cool. Um, but I, I like to see that, you know, or something for John Morrison. But I do think you know, Damian Priest would definitely benefit from chasing the U.S. title. Uh, but you know, good rinse to this to this uh, priest and Miz feud because that it just stretched on and on. Uh, I would argue even more so than Lashley and McIntyre because at least with that, like it's Lashley and McIntyre, and there there is that inherent like I don't know if not star power, just like it, is, it feels a little different, and it's for the WWE title. Whereas this was these these are just fighting for pride and. That's about it. So, you know, I'm glad we're putting that to bed. Uh, Morrison and Priest had a good match, but, you know, very much good riddance to that. No zombies required. Uh, and, yeah, that was just, that was, that was for you, John. You were shaking your head of relief about uh, McIntyre and Lashley ending. This was just a relief for me because I was like, man, I, I had enough for that one, I'll tell you. Um, one well, another big thing that happened tonight was the 24-7 title came back. There's not much to really dig into because, you know, our Tr- truth was on the show. He was backstage for the first time in you know, a while, at least on, on camera. Uh, and he was given an interview. Akira Tazawa came up and it, it, it crawled down the stairs behind him. It was like half creepy, half funny. Um, I like the way they shot that. And then, uh, he, of course, he rolled up Truth and won the title there. Um, not much to really report about it, but just just the sheer fact that the title still exists is worth mentioning. And we've seen a couple of comments saying people missed our truth. Are, what do you think about the the twenty four seven title returning here, John? Uh, I think it's you know maybe they just needed to fill time. Maybe our truth wanted some time off. I'm not sure the reasoning. He did drop the title tonight, which I mean I don't know if that's worth noting, but um, I guess we'll see. I mean it's. Uh, it's fine. It's like 45 seconds of the show. No big deal. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, something else that I, you see, that's one defense. You know, like for the 24 7 title, it's fine. I caught some flack for being upset with the way Ricochet was booked tonight, but man, this Ricochet and Seamus stuff. Uh, I mean, it was one thing last night. I was on the kickoff show. Uh, Ricochet stole Seamus's hat after he lost Seamus. All right. It was. Felt kind of dumb, but fine. Tonight, 
uh ricochet still had james's hat in his coat and he cut this promo uh a, a man never really renowned for his promo skills in wwe he did a he did a fake you know irish accent and i i'm i'm a ricochet fan i, I will preface it by saying that all right i i used to really i i really liked ricochet when he like when he was first coming up on raw he was pushed as this really like you know new exciting exciting guy he won the us title it really funny he was going places and then that just evaporated and he's been he lost to brock lesnar and i think he's just been completely kind of swept under the rug competing on main event and doing things here and there but he has fallen a long way since that just since he was uh, post pushed as this you know main main guy on raw and just tonight i don't know i just had this like moment of clarity i was like man this guy is not being presented very well it was a great match it was a very good match you know sheamus great ricochet great yet again more often than not the matches themselves are are gonna be good but the storyline here Seamus, you know crying over his stolen hat uh Corey gray was saying that ricochet should have been arrested for stealing the hat granted it's property but i just didn't enjoy this like i was like i was saying if not for the main <laughs> event i was coming into the show with like just feeling bummed out grumpy and disappointed and you know this was one reason why like especially as someone that really does like ricochet what what do you think about this john this this yeah, progression in the in this u.s title thing here so uh firstly we're not sure of the severity of humberto and when when he might come back so i think ricochet might have been just put into the picture here uh, we've seen inklings of mansoor in the picture uh, and then Ricochet now, and who knows? Uh, it, it, to me, it's been like lower mid-carters have been up against Sheamus, who is like a very high-end mid-carter, and he's been dominating all of them fairly easily, but then somehow gets embarrassed after the match. It's almost exactly like what's happening to King Corbin on SmackDown. He wins, and then he gets d embarrassed somehow. Uh, that's what's happening to Sheamus, but uh, he is doing a good job holding his own with the title. Uh, I thought he had a good week. Uh, I thought last week on Raw, he, the referee, I guess, gave Sheamus the win because Humberto couldn't continue, even though it was technically a double countout. But they gave Sheamus the win, and then he went to the pay per view. So that did I put him in the top ten of my rankings. Uh, he is number seven now, which is. I believe the highest that I've had him since I started. Uh, and being that, you know, he is dominantly winning all these matches. He is a feature part of the show. He needs to have somebody like Damian Priest, like John Morrison, like Jeff Hardy come and, uh, you know, do something to step up and make it more interesting because Sheamus has made a title a little bit more relevant than it might have been before, but he's certainly not at a John Cena level right now because he's not. I, I he's not defending every week. Now he's competing every week, but right. against, for lack of a better term, nobodies. Uh, now, granted, these are fairly good superstars, but this isn't you know this isn't like a twenty four seven title thing. This is literally the United States champion, and I just think it should be taken a little more seriously. And like Luke says in the comments, booking. It's it's the booking, and Sheamus should be booked better. 
And so should Ricochet. I, I got some flack for you know getting yeah. upset about the way he was booked tonight. Well, all right. Well, as as, as someone that <laughs> wants that does like Ricochet, that thinks he really does have a lot of potential, even though it's been very much squandered uh, for months now. Uh, you know, I think he could really. It's obviously not too late in my mind uh, just to kind of you know hit the reset button, I guess, in some ways. And for me, uh, we're getting you know this, this one comment from Stephen Chambers wondering, you know, hey, maybe moving back to NXT. Uh, you've got some good options there. Kushida, Santos Escobar, you know, those would be good matches. Because uh, at this point, there is that, uh, you know, we've talked about Retribution having that, that kind of stink on them, even though they've, they're not in Retribution anymore. You know, Ricochet has this, like, stink of just, you know, missed opportunities and lackluster booking and, and everything like that. Um, so I I don't know I I hope that they do better they that that they do better by Ricochet you know because I I it's one yes it's it's good that he's on the show rather than not being on the show but at the same time when I'm sitting there just cringing so hard at this fake Irish accent and he's dressed in Sheamus's clothes like just didn't do it for me and I'm sorry like, and yeah, I think I'm, it's very uh very. It's a good prediction. Uh, Luke commented and says Ali will be next for Sheamus. I don't doubt that. I I honestly don't doubt that Ali is next. But he is a heel, and the pattern we've been seeing with Humberto, Mansoor, and then with tonight, it's been babyface, babyface, babyface. So that's why I didn't name Gender. That's why I didn't name Ali. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting john morrison which i guess he's technically not a, a, a face but not yet. Yeah. when miz and him break up he will be a face and then that's why i named damian priest and jeff hardy as my top two because they are good guys so that would make sense yeah. but i i don't think realistically either of them would lose to, to sheamus uh, i don't think I think the perfect one for that would be damian priest i guess or keith lee if he would come back those are the yeah. two that i think could beat him for it yeah i could definitely see priest uh, or um priest or lee winning uh, winning the title if or slash when uh, lee comes back i think that'd be good for him as i've as we've said just for weeks now i think that'd be a nice way to really kind of elevate uh priest in a, in a you know, pretty short order to kind of put him up there with sheamus uh, put on some good matches i think that'd be really fun uh, to see that uh you know, and you were saying about the the pattern of the faces kind of challenging. Seamus here, uh, this come from DGSCA. Yeah, you know, I could easily see Dominic Dijakovic facing Seamus on paper, but T Bar not so much. You know, that's very much a heel right now, uh, and it would take a lot of work, in my mind, just kind of to to undo, uh, just like Ricochet, to undo that that retribution stink and and the booking from that perspective. Um, and just some people, some people wondering about Keith Lee. It's still kind of unclear what's going on with him. Uh, I've heard at one point he, he had said that issue. he will re he will reveal it all in time. He said. <laughs> all right, we'll have, we'll have to stay tuned for that one. But uh, I, I like you were going to say it. It it likely is some sort of medical issue, whether that be an injury or something outside of the ring. Uh, I don't think we we really need to know anything more at this point. But yeah. Uh, and Sean Smith, no, he he's not in the hospital. He's he's at home. He's just not at the ring. <laughs> and I, I had heard uh, about the medical, you know, that he that he was dealing with something. But I then I think that was a, a a while ago. And that recently I heard at least some uh, speculation, rumor, or reports. I don't really know. But you know, that, then there, there's some people wondering that it might be more of a creative thing that you know they just don't have anything for him right now. Even though uh, I'm looking at it like. Put him in there with Seamus, boom, you know. And yeah, we saw them face off 
earlier i think that was earlier this year and they put on good matches so it's not like it necessarily be this 100 fresh match but i think it'd be good for sheamus good for lee good good for the u.s title so i think i would like to see that uh if like like if slash when um he comes back but what else happens with that one uh something with that it seems a little less unclear uh based on what we saw tonight a heel turn for riddle john you and i've talked about it before i feel like riddle could be a really really good heel and tonight we got at least a little bit of a hint that that might be coming because backstage well let's just let's kind of walk through this here backstage we have the new day and riddle uh and they're talking about last week where randy orton are killed the new day um, and then R- Riddle was trying to play like the peacemaker here, trying to you know, help, help them all make up and be friends. And then Randy Orton wasn't having any of it. He said he wasn't sorry. And then we got the line of the night from Kobe Kingston when he said uh, he just experienced some uh, a reptile dysfunction. I wanted to make sure I enunciated that uh, a reptile because he's a viper. I thought that was very funny. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I laughed. It's fun. Um, and then that led to a nice rematch between Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Uh, for for me, I I don't know if I misheard this. You know, they they you know they set this up, and my mind went to wow, you know, cool. You know, they, these two guys that they had beef back in 2019, they feud for the WWE title, and I think I heard them kind of skip over that and reference 2009 when they feud, and I was like, wait wait what? Like they're not gonna these two guys feuded for the WWE title two years ago. Like, and I appreciate tying back to that previous history. But at the same time, if we're just going to ignore what happened two years ago, that seemed a little weird to me. Uh, but I was glad that we saw this match uh, and what, what what turned out to be Kofi Kingston's first of two matches. You know, but these two guys, they're good together. They have a lot of history and they've you know, wrestled many a time. Uh, I, I like this. And then, you know, although a good match was kind of marred by a distraction finish, John, nobody seems to understand that when when Xavier Woods starts playing the, the trombone, just tune him out. Just don't listen. Because even Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion tonight, got distracted by it. Thankfully, it didn't cost him the match. But, you know, I, I noticed that tonight, you know, t- it, both of Kingston's matches, uh, Woods played the trombone, and that was a thing. With the Randy Orton match, it helped him win the match. So uh, a kind of surprising win for Kofi there, although it makes sense given that we knew that now we know we now know that he would be facing Lashley. But then the big story was after the match when Riddle, uh, you know, Randy Orton was was mad about losing, and then Riddle got in the ring, and there was some disagreement, and then Riddle shoved Xavier Woods to the ground and stormed out. So you know, could we be seeing the the an inkling of of a Riddle heel turn here, John? Um, I absolutely think so. I think that a lot of us were wondering if Orton was eventually going to just stay as, you know, a, a good guy or eventually turn so Riddle would stay as a face. Uh, all indications tonight uh, solidified my thoughts that these two will remain as a team for quite a long time. Uh, Riddle pushing down I think it was Xavier that he actually pushed down. Uh, I think him doing that, that's the start. And we'll probably get either a piece by piece the next couple of weeks or just in one go, he just explodes and does it. And somehow Orton is really impressed. And this turns into something where like Orton knows that he can control Riddle in a sense, because Riddle obviously is playing that right now. He's playing that puppy dog type character where he just wants to be with Randy Orton, pretty much. He's doing whatever he can to be there. Uh, I actually have Randy Orton and Riddle as my top-ranked team, period, in WWE right now, ahead of 
Raw Tag Team Champions and ahead of SmackDown Tag Team Champions and ahead of Women's Tag Team Champions. So them, they're actually also number. They're in my top ten. They are at number ten. So uh, I do think this unlikely pairing is going places as a heel faction, which that puts a swerve on things uh, if they were go- to go against AJ Styles and Omos, which they're also heels. So need some more uh, good teams in the picture, like the Viking Raiders, for example, on Raw. And the Lucha, the day, Lucha House Party, and Lucha House Party, <laughs> and the New Day, and there's maybe somebody else I'm forgetting, but that's besides the point. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but it's going to be entertaining because I thought that was one of the most entertaining parts of the show. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you know, for someone that's been kind of low key rooting for for Riddle to turn heel sooner or later, uh, that was a nice uh, one of the highlights for me. That even if it you know if it's a slow burn, if it happens uh, uh, just over the course of the next couple of weeks, it does seem like we might be heading in this direction. And I I like it because Johnny and I talked about it uh, in recent weeks. It felt like they're kind of heading toward you know Riddle. Uh, bringing out nice guy Randy, you know, like kind of you know getting him to be a, a good guy again, maybe. Or on the flip side, you know, Randy turning on Riddle and then going in that direction. Um, but this, this is a way to really kind of you know add you know extra longevity to this team rather than kind of immediately kind of being forced to go in either of those two directions. You know, now we get we could have a nice run as a heel team. Now you did mention AJ Styles and almost being heels. Um, we got this kind of you know, like tease of they might be baby faces because they faced Elias and Jackson Riker, and then Jackson Riker attacked AJ Styles during the match. Uh, th- it was a singles match between AJ and Elias, I should say. Uh, Riker attacked Styles, almost kind of chased uh, the bad guys off. There are some faked, piped in, uh, you know, baby face chants for Styles and almost. Uh, and that's what uh, Dimitrios uh, Duvray is, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, uh, saying, wondering uh, if Styles uh, almost are turning face based on what happened tonight. It kind of seemed like it. Uh, and again, we talk about it pretty much every show, the, the lack of depth in the tag division. If you're going to you know, go in this direction with potentially a heel Orton and Riddle and uh, a heel Elias and, uh, and Riker, kind of got to turn AJ and almost into faces. And because AJ is so good and, you know, almost isn't inherently a heel. He could have a nice, fun, big guy like that. I think that could work. I'd be, I'd be a bit of a stark departure because I mean, almost is still relatively new in that sense. Um, but I don't know. I think this could be interesting to kind of, uh, you know, change, shake it up a little bit like that. Uh, and I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. Like what you just said, if we're going with this direction for, for Riddle and Randy Orton makes, makes sense to me. So I'm on board with it, you know, uh, even though what that is kind of the downside of, or I should say the way they went about it. It's like, you know, they could have set up a little more so with, a, with a promo or, you know, AJ and almost a little more clearly saying like, you know, being positioned as uh, baby faces, but instead it was kind of more of a subtle thing that we're supposed to kind of assume, but hopefully next week we'll get a little more clarity on that. Now I've been waiting to kind of, you know, lump a bunch of things together just as a general discussion, but uh, the show started with Bobby Lashley coming out and I had just a problem with this and it kind of paved the way for the rest of the night because he was surrounded by some some women and I couldn't help but think about all the, the concerns about Johnny or uh, John Laurinaitis uh, taking over again and the, the narrative that the women's division is regressing, all these things that have been really part of the conversation surrounding WWE recently. 
Um, and then Bob Blasen's coming out there, and it, he, it's like he was Triple H in 2004 or 2003. It's like, <laughs> this is very, very like retro kind of thing, and that's fine. Like that's not the problem. But you know, the the women were like screaming, and they're like, oh, you know, the one Drew McIntyre showed up, and they they a bit of a brawl broke out. They're screaming, and this whole thing, it just really felt kind of off color to me. Um, where you know, this is 2021, we we've been we are at least uh, depending on your perspective, we've either been through the women's evolution or still we are still in it because you know Bianca Belair and. Um, Sasha Banks main event WrestleMania, all these things. Uh, but we, then we had this, and then we had two. Even even Marie promos. One was a an, a direct replay from last from last week, and then one was a new one. I'm still not on board of this because I just I'm not I'm not feeling it at least not yet. Uh, but at the same time, just to kind of uh, paint the whole picture, we did get a very good match between Charlotte Flair and Asuka. I thought that was a very good match. I like that. Uh, Asuka won. So very surprisingly, I thought we were very clearly heading for uh, Ripley and Flair, and we still might. But this it felt like kind of a if maybe just a red herring, but I was very surprised to ask on this one. And we also got Alexa Bliss uh, costing Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax their rematch for the the Raw or for the women's tag titles. So there's a bunch of things happening uh, and a bit of a mixed bag. But just what do you think about? I don't know, John. Pick it, pick it up wherever you wish. But I just from from being very concerned about some of some things to being. Uh, I guess intrigued about uh, you know where we might be going with Alexa Bliss and the the tag team champion, or at least it seems like she's targeting Baszler and Jax now. But a lot of stuff's going on in the, over in the women's division, and so, some of it's good and some of it's not. Yeah, Alexa Bliss is one of those characters that's like just attacking everybody, not just heels, not just faces, not just males, not just females, anybody. So very unpredictable there. Not quite sure what's going to go there. But we get to Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, and that whole saga there. And then we get this comment from DJ. You know that Charlotte will want and complain, and Sunita Ville will keep giving her shot after shot after shot. Uh, I think the, the first part of that is probably true. Charlotte will continue to whine until she gets what she wants. Uh, I, don't, I don't see her coming out on top in this feud, whether that be one shot, two shots, or three shots. Uh, I think Rhea is probably going to keep it until she faces somebody like Alexa Bliss or Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler, etc., etc. Um, but Charlotte is going to be that one to kind of solidify Rhea's reign. Don't forget that Becky Lynch is waiting to come back after having her kid. We haven't seen her. It's been just exactly over a year now, about a year and a week, since she has been on TV. Uh, she's ready to come back from what we know, and we're, they're just kind of waiting on the right time. So you got her. Um, like Michael says, Rhea keeping the belt, that's absolutely true. She is going to probably keep the belt. Uh, but what do we get a Hell in a Cell? I assume a one-on-one -on -one match. I don't think it'll be Hell in a Cell, but maybe. I mean, it might be. Uh, Charlotte has been in what quite a few Hell in a Cell matches, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. And I, I have Rhea and Charlotte both in my top 10 as well. So we've talked about all of the Raw stars in my top 10 tonight. And Rhea is three and Charlotte is six. Rhea just looked very good last night at the pay-per-view. She's winning. She's looking dominant doing so. And Charlotte is Charlotte. And 
And literally, literally, if you look in the rankings that I put out at noon today, I said in the summary of Charlotte, expect her to pull the I wasn't the one who lost card. And what's the first thing she does tonight? She says literally word for word, I wasn't the one who lost. <laughs> and so that was good foreshadowing there. What do you think we get at the pay-per-view? A one-on-one match between these two? Would I have to think so? Maybe Asuka will get another rematch on on Raw beforehand. Um, but you know, we did, if I remember correctly, last Hell in a Cell, we got three Cell matches. Uh, you know, we had McIntyre, Randy, we had Jim, uh, Jay versus Roman, and we had Sasha versus Bailey. So, you know, if we're if we're gonna assume that uh, we're gonna get Bobby Lashley versus Drew and Roman in Helena Slam match versus somebody, maybe one of the so presumably Jimmy at this point. But um, I think Rhea versus Charlotte would make sense. They do have that history and they could build this feud up. Gr- granted, it's not, it's obviously not going to be like Sash versus versus Bailey, it's not going to be this big, you know, long like this huge story that's been building up for, for a long time. Because Rhea, while they do have the history back at WrestleMania 36, Rhea just came to Raw before WrestleMania this year, so. They have had to kind of quickly uh, build up this storyline in this iteration. So, um, no, I would expect at the very least a one on one match like that. Although, I guess you could do another triple threat match like Stephen Chambers is saying. I'll be writing some comments wondering about moving Charlotte Flair over to SmackDown at some point. Uh, Robert D. Fleece and I were talking about the SmackDowns uh, on, the, on the post show, and SmackDown's down to eight active uh, women in the, in the women's division. So, they could probably use Charlotte, but then if you take her from Raw, then Raw is pretty darn lacking in some ways. So uh, at least maybe you got that. Becky. Then maybe you put Becky on SmackDown, like people were putting in the comments here. Yeah. That I mean, it would make sense since her. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're married, but I'll say significant other Seth Rollins is on SmackDown as well. Correct. So that could make sense. At least you know soon at some point in the in the somewhat near future. Uh, I like this comment from Jesse Mata saying Charlotte's going to be to Rhea, and this is what I think you were saying a couple minutes ago. Which, uh, and as a he's comparing you know, Charlotte is going to be to Rhea what Sasha was to Bianca. That's I think that's exactly the case. Uh, this is uh, the perfect kind of rival and, and uh, way to kind of really establish the the new champion uh, as a legitimate. You know, force to be reckoned with. So I do think that makes a lot of sense. And getting more support for the idea of moving Becky over to SmackDown to be with Seth uh, at whenever she may uh, be ready to return. So I like that idea. Uh, just to touch back on the, the the Bobby Lashley thing. I mean, it did feel very, I guess I'll say antiquated. You know, we're getting one, Jason Michael, Jason Michael Campbell comparing it to Ric Flair back in the NWA and WCW. Uh, another person I think compared it to uh, Triple H and Evolution. Just this, the image of him coming out like surrounded by women like this didn't survive me and I, like i said i couldn't help but think of, of the 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 concerns about you know WWE kind of regressing granted i don't know how much sway or really has but uh, i think it's been established that he is one of vince mcmahon's kind of you know upper you know uh advisors or one of the guys is pretty darn close with so i don't think it's too crazy to to you know connect those dots and, and I think it's kind of valid to be concerned like that. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, but then I, like, I'm, I, I want to say I'm hopeful that it's not going to, that it won't get that bad, but now we're getting two Eve Marie, Eve Marie, uh, Eve Marie video segments tonight. And I'm just like, I don't know. And I'm just, 
I'm like, John, I'm worried. Like, you know, and it's hard. Like I said, I, I don't want to paint it to be something that's not. We did get this great Asuka and Charlotte match. We got uh, the women's tag team match. They got some time, but it's got a bad feeling about it, you know, and I, I we, we don't even know what even, even Marie's going to be doing yet. Granted, and this is just one segment for, for Bobby Lashley. Presumably he's not going to be turned. He's not going to actually turn into the modern Godfather or anything, but I couldn't help but think. You know, some I couldn't make that help but make that comparison. This modern Godfather, all aboard. Yeah, right. I just, I don't know. And Nessa is kind of agreeing. She's scared after seeing two Eva, Eva Marie promos, and one of them, like I said, was a was an exact replay from the week before. So like, they're clearly like they've got plans for her, and like, I I feels like a lot of people aren't on board of that. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But I will wait and see. I mean, there, at this point, all all it has been uh, has been these these video packages, and it feels like they're trying to establish her as a babyface. But I don't know. Um, don't know how that would work. But you know, it I, won't. And that won't <laughs> work with fans. It just won't. So, and they'll they'll probably realize that pretty darn quickly. And I, I don't want to uh, skip over something here. Nikki Cross was back on TV for the first time in ages. She was uh, not not a lumberjack, but a lumberjill in the Damian Priest and John Morrison match. And she she got pretty darn physical. She threw John Morrison back in the ring. Uh, so it was good to see her out there. And hopefully, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, at least in the event, even if, you know, let's say Charlotte stays on Raw, you know, that Raw could use some more, you know, I guess fresh, you know, that's not fresh blood, but when we're seeing some of the, uh, you know, it's hard to take Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose seriously because of the way they've been booked all these things. I think uh, someone like Nikki Cross could really benefit by you know getting a chance like that. So um, I think it seemed like a lot of people were, were happy to see her back tonight. So that could be something to look, to look out for uh, sooner and later. But John, I think Raw has broken me because tonight I was hoping, hoping for a man to get a rose shoved down his pants. And when it didn't happen, I was disappointed because <laughs> I was led to believe that it was going to happen. And then instead, he got a rose shoved down his throat. And I'm like, you, you, you led me on with the, the idea that he was shoved down his pants. And for me, these are words just like yesterday. I never expected to, 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 to say zombies showing up in a lumberjack match. I would never expect to say this about Raw. But here we are. Because this, is, this is what Angel Garves is doing now. And... It's weird because like they they were in this very odd gray area where like Corey Graves Corey Graves is referencing the fact that he shoved a rose down Gulak's pants, but he wasn't he wouldn't say it. He was like he was referring to it very vaguely. He was like and, and you know Garza like did the unthinkable. Like he phrased it very vaguely as if like they were trying to not actually say it. And like I don't know what they're doing here, but I don't know. I, I it's going to lead. Just... It's going to lead to the return of Adam Rose. I had I had I had that thought. Um, you know, there's there's there, there's something there. Um, oh, I just boy. that that's that's the state of where we are with Raw these days. Where like I'm sitting there and I see Drew uh, Garza coming out and I see Drew Gulak coming to the ring. I'm like, oh, is Gar is Gulak going to get it again? And then he didn't. Or at least you know, not the same way. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I hoped he would because at least that's interesting. And for as much as I. Uh, knocked the 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 zombie things last night. Uh, it was different. Made made people talk, and that's just the same the same thing for for the rose up down down the pants angle. So at least there's that. But 
Alas, it didn't happen. Gar- Gar- it is worth pointing out Garza is on a winning streak, so that's nice. Good for him. Uh, we, we were talking about in, in recent weeks the idea that Raw has felt kind of stale, and now we're getting at least some effort to build to build new people. With uh, Garza and his winning streak, they, it, for a second it looked like uh, Mace and or T Bar was going to answer the open challenge, and they didn't. But at least they got some screen time. Um, and we got a little more follow up on the Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benzman thing. So. I mean, Raw's like they're they're trying things. They're they're trying, uh, and I'm I'm excited in the sense of like where I feel like we're going for Hell in a Cell, uh, even with the what we said about Lashley and McIntyre. It's gonna be a good match, and I'm I'm hopeful that they'll find a way to, um, to make this this fi- potentially this final leg of the story interesting because it has been a little, you know, drawn out at this point. So I think it'll be I think that could be fun. And uh, you know, try, uh, hmm? After you say this, I want to know what you thought with, with your rating. Yeah, I was going to say, because because I am kind of excited about where we're heading here with, you know, Drew and Bobby could be good, Charlotte and Rhea presumably uh, hopeful for Damian Priest actually doing something different now. Um, and with, the, again, Charlotte and Asuka was a very good match. And and with the, I really did like the the uh, the riddle heel tease of, of that turn there. Um See now I'm feeling more positive, but like I entered the show so bummed out. I don't want to be dishonest with myself. Like, I guess I go for like a solid seven, you know, and like with room for growth. If and in, in, in hindsight, because like I feel I I like the main event. I like like I said there, there are those good things. There's a lot of bad too. Something I didn't like. Uh, and we're getting some. It seems like kind of some. Spectrum here of 6.5 from uh, Michael Kenton, 6.5 from Sean Acuff, 6.75 from Jesse Mata. But what do you think, John? Where, where do you fall on, on, on the spectrum here? Um, a six. Six. That's six. fair. Just that seems uh, to be... need to be need to be better. Let's just say that. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, friend of the show, uh, uh, Nando, saying Love for All is a limp. 5.5. Uh, Herman DeCar with a 7.5. Kevin Taylor with an 8. Nesha Curse with a 7.5. So, you know, we are getting some some solid numbers here, and, and at the same time, some some uh, some sense that it definitely needs, should be, could be, and needs to be better. Uh, and to kind of ca- counter what I just had just said, uh, where did the comment go? Uh, the fact that trying doesn't always cut out sometimes, as Luke Gattasar is saying. Yeah, like, they are trying... Um, they tried last night with the zombies, and I don't think that was great. Uh, but they're they're doing they're doing some stuff, and I, I'm liking some of it, and I'm not liking all of it, and that's okay. And uh, it does seem like uh, just to kind of gauge the spectrum here, John. Yeah, yeah, you were. What was the number? I just totally blanked. I gave us I gave a seven. You gave six. Six, and that seems to be roughly the average here. Uh, but did you say all the way with a nine point one? So, you know, some people really did enjoy tonight's show. And I, I saw on Twitter, people, people, people seem to be liking it by and large. Uh, I guess for me, the takeaway is, as Nesker is saying, it was decent, but it could be better. But I, I am hopeful about this road to Hell in a Cell. I think they have the the potential to really turn in, unlike WrestleMania Backlash, a pay-per-view that could be very, very good on paper. You know, WrestleMania Backlash really surprised me uh, by really over-delivering because heading into it, I didn't think it was going to be a good show just based on the booking and everything we've been feeling in recent weeks. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I think WrestleMania Backlash, you know, could kind of be uh, 
pretty much on the opposite end of that, where it could be a pretty darn good show on paper, um, and then al and almost have some a hard time kind of living up to that. But um, and then it'll be very interesting to see. And then just kind of to pivot off of that, you know, presumably. Uh, based on reports, that could be the end of the Thunderdome era because there was a report over the weekend that there would be uh, Money in the Bank in July with live fans. So that's exciting uh, if that is the case. And then there will be time for SummerSlam. And as previously stated by WWE President Nick Khan, uh, when we do get live fans back, it will be the return of some semblance of the the usual touring schedule and you know between wwe returning uh, returning with those live fans if that is true but we do know aw is bringing live fans back full capacity for double or nothing that's this month uh a um, mlw is bringing live fans back july 10th ring of honor announced today they're bringing live fans back uh july 11th um you know things are slowly returning that that's that some semblance of normalcy there so that's something I look forward to. And uh, I talked about earlier today when I was talking about Backlash, but, you know, it's hard to, not to think that, like, you know, WWE might be kind of loading up those first, especially the first show, but maybe even definitely SummerSlam, I would say. Um, you know, there, there's speculation about Brock, Brock Lesnar, all these things that they could really be trying to go all out uh, for the this return to, I guess, WWE as we once knew it. So that is something to kind of look if, if not forward to just kind of to keep an eye on based on uh how things unfold over the next few months so that's one reason even though i didn't really love rob knight i'm still like optimistic that you know things could quickly pick up you know some pretty darn uh but before our very eyes here even even with a, a show tonight that was decent but not great so uh, yeah, definitely we'll worth, yeah definitely worth keeping an eye on um just john what overall what do you think about moving hell in a cell up to june before you get out of here uh i like it it's a little bit of a shake up uh for the people getting a little carried away saying that extreme rules is over uh it's probably going to be in october now so don't get too excited <laughs> i hope that move i mentioned this uh, on the show earlier today but i hope that uh by moving hell in a cell up to uh, up to june um, kind of contrary to to, to that point, I, I hope that that would mean we will get another kind of a change on the other side, where it might be uh, we Robert and I talked about King of the Ring possibly, and then now there there could be an opening in the schedule for that in October or Armageddon. Right? Armageddon. Hey, you know who who knows? They they have a very deep library of shows to do. They could do Evolution too. They could do uh, Friends of Nando has pitched the idea of Queen of the Ring a couple times recent weeks. I like that idea or King of the Ring or. Um, bringing back one of those old shows, like you just said, Armageddon, and a number of things, or a new show, or or bring back, you know, Great Balls of Fire. I don't know. They they they've they've got options. Um, so I'm I'm curious. Or hey, who even knows? You know, there have been reports that they might do uh, potentially, if depending how the world is uh, months from now, they might be interested in doing a, a show in Saudi Arabia that would like, kind of line up with Crown Jewel time. So there there's kind of a, a wide. A wide range of possibilities there. Halloween Havoc. Hey, I like that idea from Nando. That, that, if, if they just did it with NXT, but they could do it for the main roster. There's no reason why not. So uh, just kind of to smoothly wrap it up with Nesker saying, you know, you never know of WWE. You know, yes, it's easy to predict that oh, they'll just simply move Extreme Rules to uh, to October to kind of balance that change out. I hope not. That, that show had kind of grown a little stale in recent years. Although last year, hey, they did the horror show. The man lost his eyeball and they had a swamp fight. So that was fun. Um, but, you know, uh, in, a, in a general sense, it feels like this could be a very good time to 
to shake up the calendar pretty substantially with at least these two shows, you know, changing places here. Uh, or if it, potentially even more changes, who even knows at this point. So uh, definitely lots of stuff to be uh, looking forward to and to keep an eye on. And uh, whatever happens, we'll have you covered here at Wrestling with, with news coverage with our post shows. John, you and I do the, the NXT post show on, on Tuesdays. The Dynamite, the Dynamite Dudes of Attitude have your AW coverage needs met. They also do WCW rewritten, so make sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, Robert D. Felice and I do the SmackDown post show on Fridays. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Pritchard just interviewed uh, Eric Redbeer, formerly known as Eric Rowan. That was a great interview that came out today. And they also interviewed Fred Rouser, also known as Darren Young. Constantly a great stream of interviews coming to you guys as well. So make sure to leave a like, subscribe. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, it's a fun time in wrestling. Uh, in theory, things are slowly returning to, to that semblance of normalcy that we've been craving for so long. So hopefully uh, we, we, are, we are on that home stretch to getting there. And, you know, it is May now and sooner, sooner and later we'll, it'll be the summer. And there's just a lot to look forward to in wrestling and beyond. So, you know, here at WrestleZone, we do one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.